Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Joshua chapter 6. The book of Joshua has, get your pen, get your pad. The book of Joshua has some of the greatest Bible stories. The story of Rahab, you'll find Rahab in Joshua. You'll find the 10 spies. You'll find the crossing of the Jordan. You will find the sun standing still for 24 hours. And of course, the walls of Jericho. Now, I do want to mention that I have failed. Let me have your attention. Are you listening to me? Say amen. Uh, I, I've failed to tell you over the last uh, several studies that the Old Testament, listen, it's very important. The Old Testament serves as a history book or and a picture book. 1 Corinthians, memory verse, good verse to think about. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 reads, Now all these things, Paul the Apostle writing to the church at Corinth, all these things happened to them as an example. Them who? Those in the Old Testament. And they were written for our ammunition or instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Let me read that again. Now, all these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our ammunition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So for every Bible student, listen, for every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament picture. For every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament picture. When we study the Old Testament, You're supposed to look at the stories in the Old Testament and you're supposed to learn something from them. They're they're to serve as instruction for us. You know, sometimes I think in, uh, and when you're a child, okay, fine. But, you know, we read the stories, the Old Testament stories, and we think, oh, those are great stories. Those are great stories for the kids. Those are great stories, fun stories. But God had a reason for giving us those stories. Are you still with me? You got a reason. What's the reason? To teach us something. We're to learn something. They serve according to Paul. We just read it. First Corinthians chapter 10. According to Paul, they are to serve as an example for us. So when we come to and you keep that in mind with every story that you read, every, you know, all all the, the Old Testament. As we come to the book of Joshua, Joshua What's that a story of pastor? Joshua is a picture or an illustration 
or an understanding of how to walk in the spirit filled life. Please write that down. How to walk in a spirit filled life, not just how to walk as a believer, but how to walk in victory. Because Canaan, watch this, Canaan represents victory. Canaan represents spiritual maturity. Canaan land does not represent entering into heaven. I know there was a lot of songs and a lot of Negro spirituals, African-American spirituals, whatever you want to call them. And, 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 and Canaan, within those songs, often represented entering into heaven. No, Canaan in the Bible represents entering into the spirit-filled life of the believer walking in victory. We know it doesn't illustrate heaven because the Bible tells us in heaven we will study war no more. The Bible tells us, if you're going to clap your hands and do it right. The Bible tells us when we get to, look, when we get to heaven, we're not going to have to battle to get into heaven. Robert, are you following me? There's no battles in heaven. There's no war in heaven. When the people of God get into Canaan land, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. They find all kinds of ites. Canaanites and parasites and Jebusites and all kinds of ites. Right? So Joshua, this book of Joshua is a wonderful book, saints, because it helps us to understand how to get victory in our lives. And I don't care if you've been a Christian for three days or three weeks or 30 years. We all need to get victory over the flesh and get victory in our lives. Am I right about it? Huh? So this is a wonderful book as we move into it. Love this story. I think you will, too. Can I give you tell you a little bit about Joshua? A little bit about Joshua. Joshua was the firstborn son of Nun. Joshua was the firstborn son of Nun. That was his dad's name, Nun. Okay, just one. Can I just give you one dad joke? Because y'all, y'all look like y'all were coming unglued last week. Can I give you one dad joke? Is it okay? All right, listen. What Bible character had no parents? Joshua, the son of Nun. I don't care if you don't like it. I love him. According to First Chronicles, write it down. First Chronicles chapter 7, Joshua was born a slave in Egypt. Joshua would have been at risk. Think about that. He would have been at risk during the night of the Passover. The name Joshua means Yahweh or God is salvation. Originally, his name was Hoshea, H-O-S-H-E-A, H-O-S-H-E-A, Hoshea. That was his original name, which means salvation. Moses changed Joshua's name from Hoshua to Joshua. We learn that from Numbers chapter 13, verse 16. The name Joshua is the Hebrew name, and anybody know what the Greek equivalent name is? Jesus, you know that. Joshua was a nobody, a slave born in Egypt who was delivered out of Egypt with the rest of the people of God when Pharaoh decided to allow people, God's people to go free, remember? So Joshua was a slave, 
And he was also a submitted servant. We know that from Exodus chapter 24, verse 13. Joshua is called the servant or assistant of Moses. He was Moses' right-hand man who faithfully served God. And Moses, Joshua, went partway up Mount Sinai when Moses received the Ten Commandments. Joshua was a slave. Y'all keeping up with me? Joshua was a slave. He was a servant. Write it down. And he was a soldier. Exodus chapter 17 tells us we have the first recorded battle of General Joshua. And it was a battle against the Amalekites in Rephidim. Moses stood on the mountain and you remember Aaron and Hur held up his arms. And when his arms were held up, what happened? The people were winning the battle. When his arms came down, the people would lose, begin to lose the battle. Exodus 33, verse 11, one of Joshua's job was to guard the door of the tabernacle, which tells us, watch this, that Joshua was not only a slave and a servant and a soldier or a warrior, but he was also a worshiper. He was a worshiper. Joshua came out of Egypt when he was 45 years old. And now in our text, Joshua is 85 years old. He is strong and fit and prepared to take the promised land. That being said, Joshua chapter 6, saints, we're picking up in verse 1. Joshua chapter 6, and we're looking at verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say, I'm looking at it. Now, Jericho was securely shut up because the children of Israel, because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, will you circle that word? See, see, or look. I like that. I like that word, see, because I'll give it to you early. Until you see, open your eyes and see, you will never walk in victory. Until you open your eyes and see, you'll never take a step of faith. Until you open your eyes and see, you'll, you'll never do anything great for the Lord. The Bible tells us here in our text that the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city how many times? Are y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? Well, this is not a hard test, y'all. You shall march around the city once. This shall you do how many days? And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city how many times? <clears throat> and the priest shall blow the trumpet. And in verse 5, look at it. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. And then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and he said to them in verse 6, take up the Ark of the Covenant. And let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city. 
and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. And so it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and they blew the trumpet and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpet and the rear guard came after the ark. While the priests continued blowing the trumpets, now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor a word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I say unto you, Shout, and then you shall do what, saints? Shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, go around it once, and then they came into the camp and they lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose up early and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day, are you looking at it? The second day, they marched around the city. How many times? And they returned. Uh-uh, 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 ain't enough of y'all, come on. And the second day they marched around the city how many times? And returned to the camp, so they did that how many days? But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early, about the dawning of the day in the morning, and they marched around the city how many times? In the same manner on that day only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time, when you look in verse 16, And the seventh time it happened, when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the church said, so let's back up, saints. Listen, we got to back up to go forward. We got to back up about 40 years, 40 years earlier. The people came out of Egypt. Let me have your attention. The people came out of Egypt and they came to Kadesh Barnea. It was in Kadesh Barnea that Moses got 12 guys, one from each tribe, and 12 spies went out to check the land of Canaan. Forty days later, 10 spies, spies come back with a good report, or come back with a report. And, and they come back and they say, well, we got some good news and some bad news. Which one you want first? Now, I don't know. All right, who... Who wants the bad news first? That's me. I want the bad news first. You know why? Because if I get the bad news first, then I'll feel better with the good news. But if you get the good news first, listen, good news first, people, you should change your position. (laughs) You should change because good news first only moves you to bad news, which is a bummer on the good news. So when you got the bad news, there's only one way to go. It is up with the good news. So they come back and they say, we got good news and bad news. They said, give, they actually gave them the good news first. They said the land is flowing with milk and honey. That's the good news. Huge grapes. They said, but the bad news is there are these long neck giants in the land and they're called Anakins. And it gets worse. There are also Amalekites and these dudes spend a lot of time at Planet Fitness they are huge. 
And we look like grasshoppers compared to them. And then Joshua and Caleb returned and spoke to the people. And I love this. You'll find it in Numbers chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. I love it. They said, if the Lord delights in us, are y'all looking at the saints? Then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and nor fear the people of the land, for they are bred. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So Joshua and Caleb were excited, and they said, yeah, let's take the land. The spies said, they're giants in the land, and we look like grasshoppers. So Joshua and Caleb said, God is with us. There's no problem. The spies saw giants. Joshua and Caleb saw God. The spies said they are too big to hit. And Joshua and Caleb said they are too big to miss. See, you got to understand something. How big is your God? This is the question right here. Because perspective, my Christian brothers and sisters, is everything. Perspective. How big is your God? Well, let me tell you just a little bit about Jericho. Let's talk about it. Jericho was built by the Canaanites. And Jericho, did you know, is the oldest city in the world. Jericho is kind of a gateway fortress to the land. Any invading army would have to deal with the walled city of Jericho. You couldn't pass by. You had to deal with this city. Too large and too strong to be ignored. Jericho was a city of pagan unbelief, strategic importance, and human impossibility. The city of Jericho was surrounded, listen close, by a system of two massive stone walls. The outer wall was six feet thick and 20 feet high. The inner wall was 12 feet thick and 30 feet high. Between the walls was a guarded walkway, which was 15 feet wide. Humanly speaking, it was impossible to penetrate the city of Jericho. At that time, there were several thousand people in the city. They had plenty of food and water to hold the city against battle for years. And think about this. Jericho, for the people of Israel, think about it. Jericho was the first city Israel had seen surrounded by walls. Remember, they're coming out of Egypt. So they had never seen anything like this. This is the first city and it's huge and it's and, 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 and it looks like it's impenetrable to them. They take this city, taking this city looks impossible. But we know and we learn that nothing is impossible with God. Somebody say amen. Well, in verses two through five, we just read it. God gives Joshua the battle plan. Just proves with me two through five. God told Joshua to do several things. Look at verse three. March around the wall once a day for six days. March with the Ark of the Covenant for with seven priests in front in verse four. On the seventh day, march around seven times. Verse five, have the priests blow ram's horns as they march. Verse five, on the seventh time around, on the seventh day, the people were to shout. Verse five, when the people shout, the walls will come down. Verse five. And when the walls come down, enter the city and conquer it. And I want you to notice verse 10, verse 9 and 10. Joshua added a few, few details to the plan. You see it? He instructed the people to be silent as they marched around the city. 
He put soldiers in front of the priest and behind the ark. And he had the priest blow ram's horn or the shofar continually. It was 1998 that I traveled to Israel and I bought a ram's horn or the trumpet that they were to blow. Uh, I actually bought this and traveled through the airport with this. This was in the days where you could travel through the airport with this. Uh, nowadays, you will get run down, accosted, arrested, and they'll take your shofar. But uh, this is a real ram's horn off a of ram's head. Now, get this. I've had this since 1998. And a friend of mine built me like a, a stand that's down there to hold it. So it's in my office or my bookshelf. And I've had it that long. And believe it or not, I have never been able to blow this. That You have to have like certain type of lips <laughs> to blow this. It's the truth. You've got to have lips. Now, now, my son, Rodney Jr., has always been able to blow it. And, and so, Junior, I know you're looking away. Come here. <laughs> yes, you, you can't. Huh? Well, come do it. We got time. Come on, do it. Come, hurry up, boy. Move faster. I can't stand it when kids walk slow. My goodness. Yes, you can. You blew it before. Try it. Just try it. If it doesn't work, then we'll just say boo and you can go sit down. Good. It smells terrible after all these years. Go back there and practice. I'll talk about it again. <laughs> you did good, my child. He did. he did good. The shofar in verse. So, so Joshua, okay, Joshua added a few things, right? So they are to march. Are you still with me? Say amen. They are to march one time around for six days, seven times on the seventh day and shout. The priest let out a long blast. The people shout as loud as they could. So the question, watch this. What kind of military strategy is this? Marching, blowing horns and shouting. Can you imagine General Joshua, and by the way, I can't help it. Every time I think of General Joshua, I think of the general car insurance. I don't know what my problem is. Like all day, I'm like, get it out of your head. General Joshua. He says, okay, look, here's the battle plan. General Joshua says, hey, fellas, God has given me a strategy for the walls. They said, yes, sir. What are we going to do? Swoop in and attack. Joshua says, well, not exactly. Uh, what are we going to do? Come in on a helicopter. Well, not exactly. What are we going to do? We're going to dig under and then we're going to come up on the surprise. Well, not exactly. Joshua says, we're going to march, blow trumpets and scream. And they're probably thinking, General, you have eaten too much manna. Too much. 
I want you to note something, saints, that everything that Joshua is told to do, watch this, is in violation to the Jewish law. In violation of the Jewish law, specifically of the Sabbath. As Joshua was to march around the city on the seventh day, well, they were not to work on the seventh day, remember? They weren't to fight on the Sabbath. They were to do no work on the Sabbath, actually. The commander said, play the shofar on the ram's horn. The Torah, watch this, the Torah taught when they go to war, silver trumpets were to be played, not ram's horns. The ark was never to be taken into battle. The commander said, take the ark. The priests were never to go to battle. Keep in mind, the priests were exempt from battle. So everything that God, the angel of the Lord, we're going to come back to that. Everything that God is telling them to do is in violation of the Sabbath. Let's talk about that real quick. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.